Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. My name is Doris and I'm a compulsive overeater and a sugar addict. Hi, Doris! Hi, everybody. Nice to see you all. Nice to be here with you again. I normally attend another Saturday morning meeting, and it's nice to have a change. Thank you. So I was going to read today. Um, I recently had a change in my food plan, so I went looking for some things that sort of related to that. Um, welcome to the newcomers. Uh, I am a food addict. I am an addict, period. Um, I um, came back to OA three years ago and have had three years of continuous abstinence. And um, I was, I'm a binge eater, but I do overeat anything, but um, I do have a list of things that I don't eat at all. Um, I'm glad you're here newcomers. So I'm going to read from the abstinence book, which really helped me in um, early, I'm still in early recovery, but it helps me to um, figure out how this works. So on page 154, perfection not required. One night I walked away from the dinner table discouraged. My body sluggish from too much food, my heart lonely. I'd been abstinent for three and a half years, lost more than 100 pounds, and hadn't felt this way since I joined OA. I wasn't eating my binge foods or eating between meals, but the meals were becoming too big. Why? I realized that nearly six weeks had passed since I attended a meeting, and I remembered many phone calls from concerned OA friends that I'd failed to return. Pardon me. I was still reading my literature and writing in my journal every day, but apparently this wasn't enough. At first, I blamed my increased appetite on a new medication, but I had to admit that was only an excuse. I had been using a recurring illness to isolate myself, and that was leading me back to my old friend and enemy food. Dealing with the illness was difficult enough. Now I was slipping back into old habits. Did I have the strength to change? Writing in my journal helped me realize that I didn't need strength. What I needed was the willingness to admit my powerlessness, ask for help, and begin anew. I asked my higher power to help me. I committed to attending at least one meeting a week. I began making phone calls. I wrote down my food every day, something I never had to do before and continued to read and write. Every morning I turned my will over to my higher power and every evening I went to bed grateful for another good program day. As I write this, a month has passed. It's now spring, the air is crisp and clear. The leaves are budding anew and so is my life. My health is only slightly better, but once again I feel connected. I'm going to meetings, using the phone and staying abstinent. And best of all, I'm grateful to have a program that allows me to recover even when I'm less than perfect. Um... The first two years that I was abstinent, I maintained um, a consistent weight. Well, once I hit my goal weight, I maintained a consistent weight. And last August, my weight went up a little bit. And um, I started weighing in at about five pounds more than my goal weight, up and down a few pounds, just like I had been at goal weight. Um, I had been weighing in once a week, but as my weight was the same, I was weighing in less frequently. But um, my weight now stayed at this new weight for um, the best part of this year. Um, And um, I kept praying for the willingness to take a look at why that happened. And um, I became willing a couple of weeks ago. And one of the things I realized that I had been doing was 
one of the newer breakfasts that I'd added with conversation with my sponsor, I realized after that breakfast, I felt very full. And so one of the changes that I make was I cut one of the servings in that meal in half um, because it was just too much food, more than I needed, because I could tell afterwards I felt super full. So I made uh, six or seven changes to my food plan, and that was one of them, um, to see if I could get back to my goal weight with this new food plan. Um, let's see. So the next reading I picked was Still Works, page 150. I became abstinent almost six years ago at age 62. My abstinence has not been a struggle, but the aging process comes with its own struggles. Abstinence has enhanced my ability to live through those struggles and to have more energy and a light heart. I hope aging in OA, attending meetings and sponsoring enhance the quality of the OA program and fellowship. The focus must be on the solution, not the problem. We have the same problem, but we know the solution, a power greater than ourselves. The big book gives precise directions on how to find this power. If I focus on a problem, the problem increases. If I focus on the answer, the answer increases. Alcoholics Anonymous, 4th edition, page 419. When I returned to OA seven years ago, I was on one of my diets. I white-knuckled it for some months before surrendering and getting a sponsor who had what I wanted. I slowly managed to achieve a goal weight and have maintained my weight within a five-pound range. I do this by weighing myself once a month and adjusting my food intake accordingly. My exercise is consistent. My food plan enables me to choose proper amounts of non-trigger foods. My footwork is to follow it, and I do. As I age, my body changes, and I will continue to do what I have always done, and I will get the same wonderful results. I will adjust my food to maintain a healthy weight. Aging abstinently is a gift I cherish. Abstinence has led me back to my higher power. Food is no longer my God. It's my nourishment. So I really was afraid about changing my food plan. Um, I just was in terror over it. And... Um, Stubborn, hanging on, uh, those character defects were definitely in action. But what was working was that I trusted that I would become willing to make some changes. Um, it's been a rough year. My uh, last member of my primary family died um, in May, my older sister, at 66 of lung cancer. And... Um, it's, it's interesting people that don't work a program are like, well, that's why you, you gained that weight. And um, that's not why I gained that weight. Um, it made the year rougher and it made it harder for me to be willing because I was consumed with grief. But um, my sister's death did not cause me to gain weight. Um, I really subscribe to the idea that I eat when I'm happy and I eat when I'm sad. And I certainly don't blame my emotions for my overeating. I'm an addict. That's why I overeat. Um, there was a guy I used to go to meetings with and there was a house up on one of the hills in San Francisco and they were worried about the house falling down um, because of heavy rain and, and um, unstable soil. And he would say, you know, I'm going to drink if the house falls down and I'm going to drink if the house stays on top of the hill. And so I, I think about that a lot with, with my, he was an alcoholic with my addiction and my food um, compulsions because it doesn't matter what's going on in the world. Um, so uh, my point with this reading was that I I do I did trust 
when I'd get insecure and I'd start thinking of myself as fat and a failure over this period of time where I was, before I made these changes, um, I trusted that a time would come where I would be willing because I've had the experience of being willing and I know that I'm capable of it. And so I was just praying for willingness and it came. So um, it's, I'm grateful for that. I certainly haven't been on this new food plan long enough to see whether or not it works, but I do trust that if it doesn't, um, I'll make another change and I'll be willing. Um, so the third reading is opening windows on page 153. Last summer I started renovating our big old house. I'd been in OA for three years and had lost 80 pounds and was enjoying a clean abstinence one day at a time. I was excited about getting a new kitchen and bathroom. The old ones were dark and cramped and I longed to knock down some of the old walls, put in lots of beautiful new windows and bring in some sunshine and fresh air. During the construction, I struggled with my eating. It was hard to stay abstinent. I rationalized because my kitchen was all torn up and I couldn't cook properly. The stress of the expense of the project and the unexpected delays and complications made it hard for me to meditate and exercise. When I was when it was completed, the house was beautiful and I was 20 pounds heavier and desperate to find a way back to the serenity I once enjoyed. As I struggled, my higher power reminded me of the windows I had needed in my home. I realized that I needed to open windows one day at a time to work my OA program as well. When I call my sponsor, it feels as if I've opened a window and let the fresh morning air in. When I take time to read OA literature and meditate, the warm sunshine of understanding shines on my face. Whenever I go to a meeting, I feel like I'm opening a window that lets me see where I'm going and where I've been. I used to feel that working my program was indeed work, but now it's as easy to me as opening windows and how much joy, strength, and comfort I get from living with sunshine and fresh air. I realize that I want to use those tools of my program, my beautiful windows every day. Um, Ten minutes. Thanks. I think I'll just read one more reading. Um, the relief of honesty. Thanks for the time check. I did hear you. Um, it's, it's, I don't know if y'all have this experience with Zoom, but I forget to look at you. I get like scared when I'm talking, so I end up staring at myself and then I feel lonely. It's kind of interesting. If I look at you when I'm talking, I probably would, wouldn't have that feeling of this. Uh, I've continued to go to meetings during this time um, on as regular a basis as I have always gone, but um, I don't, I, I always found meetings to be mood enhancers before. And I haven't been getting that as much from Zoom. Um, and maybe it's because I get so nervous that I don't look at you all. So I'm gonna work on that. The relief of honesty. I've been in OA five years, became absent by my higher powers grace and worked what I thought was an honest program. I used the tools as best I could and did the footwork. However, this year, a restless feeling crept in that I couldn't put my finger on. My food plan changed as I tried to deal with a recurring skin condition. Food changes can still throw me off course. I talked with my sponsor and HP and committed to trying this new way of eating. After three months, my skin showed insignificant changes. Food was not the problem. This unsettled me. 
Didn't HP know how hard I had worked to eliminate and substitute food types? Didn't he understand that I had to fix the condition? For the next couple of months, I began to reintroduce foods and regain balance within my food plan. Does somebody want to talk? I'm sorry, that was my bad. No, no worries. I'm not sure who said that, but it's okay. Um, for the next couple of months, I began to reintroduce foods and regain balance within my food plan, but the obsession kept living with me. I had experienced incredible freedom from the obsession for much of my time in OA, so to be living with it again was uncomfortable and scary. I often felt on the brink of relapse and lived in fear, which I didn't know how to escape. Then HP showed me how to move forward with humility and spirituality. One morning during my quiet time, I knew I had to admit I'd broken my abstinence. I had had no dairy hopping binges, no hiding or stealing food. In fact, no specific moment brought me to this realization. But as God spoke to me, I recalled how often I had used my correction pen on my food plan. I've always written down my food plan, but now I saw how, I, how shrewd I had become at manipulating, deleting, and adding food to suit my whims. I justified this by telling myself I was not eating compulsively, and the eating always ended, so it couldn't be compulsive eating, could it? I had been playing games with my food and eating behaviors, and it was robbing me of serenity and spiritual peacefulness. My disease was active in its own way, and I could not justify or excuse my behaviors just because I wasn't in full-blown binging relapse. I felt like my spirit's light bulb had been switched on. I cannot explain the unbelievable liberation I felt. I raced inside to ring my sponsor. Hearing myself say I've broken my abstinence was freeing. I rang my sponsees and told them I could hardly wait to tell the group. Never in my OA life did I think I could feel so excited about breaking my abstinence. This program requires nothing less than rigorous honesty. God has returned my calm spirit. My food and associated behaviors feel clean and the obsession is not here today. I am restored to sanity. OA delivers miracles. I'm sad to think I need to build the length of abstinence to offer myself once more for particular service positions, but God is showing me that service begins with me here now. I must continue daily contact with others in OA. I must put my bottom on a meeting seat, share honestly, and give without thought of getting. Spiritual freedom is a gift too precious to put at risk. So I really relate to this one in, um, you know, when I was first abstinent, I was, I was very um, uh, detailed in the specifics of my plan and following it. And I've definitely gotten sloppy. Um, I don't think I'm near, I'm quite as enthusiastic as this gal is, but I did feel that when I, I went through and uh, reviewed a bunch of my eating behaviors in my journal, and made a list of things that I was willing to change. And I did feel a spiritual lifting as a result of having that conversation with my sponsor um, and recognizing that um, I felt relief with letting go of some of the behaviors that I had adopted that weren't really a violation of my abstinence, but really weren't in my best interest. And so, um, I did feel, thank you, five minutes. There you are, Emily, I'm looking for you and all the people. <laughs> Hi, the red, I'll remember. Um, I did feel a sense of relief with the changes and with coming to know that um, uh, my food plan is cleaner. Um, I have, I started having, 
uh, plantar fasciitis, which I guess is a pretty common thing. Um, as I talk about it, a lot of people say, oh yeah, I had that. So I'm not exercising. I'm not getting in my, I usually walk four or five miles, four or five times a week. And my physical therapist says, you can walk around the block. So start with three minutes and then go to six minutes. And I was like, oh geez. And the pain went away when I stopped walking five miles on my sore foot. But um, not exercising. I mean, it's great. I have an extra hour every day. But, um, you know, I'm sure that's going to have a longer term effect on me. And I just, I just doing it because I want to get better and I want to be able to walk my five miles five times a week again. Um, but it's a little scary. This too will pass. Um, I have utter faith in my physical therapist. It's a woman I've been working with for almost 30 years. She's 70 and she's very curmudgeonly and she's like, you shall do this. And Sometimes I actually listen to her. Um, and that, that's enough for me. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you again for inviting me to come to your meeting and share with you.